You ever heard of the term browser extension? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's go! Good morning, Chad, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Well, today, let's talk a little bit about extensions. And extensions? Extensions. Oh, you mean I get an extension on my mortgage? Extension rods, <laughs> uh, what, yeah, any kind of extension. Any nope. Kind of, <laughs> nope, we're going to talk about specific extensions in our browsers. Ah, web browsers. Web yes, browsers. Sir. Web browsers, okay. Um, and getting back to that, um, I think there's still a little confusion within our membership about um, a web browser and a search engine. Yes. Right. So. And also applications. And applications. Yep. So let's get in a little bit about that on the differences. So I'll, okay. let, you, I'll let you take the technical side since you're the technical guy. Okay. <laughs> I think I can probably handle you can that. Probably, you can probably <laughs> handle this. Yeah, a, a web browser and Safari is a web browser. The application Safari is a web browser. The application Chrome is a web browser. Firefox is a web browser. So the, there are many different applications that are web browsers. But what a web browser does is it accesses web services and web pages. Or websites and web pages, I guess is the correct way to say it, not web services. But the, um, the idea is that when the internet got started and we started to look for a way to put the information out there in a form that could be easily dispersed, the idea was to create these things called websites. These are a series of sets of code that are read by the web browser and the web browser renders it and displays it on your screen for you. So this is kind of like saying I'm going to go to an encyclopedia and I have to go to the encyclopedia to read the encyclopedia data. I have to go to a web browser application to read the web page data that's out in the system. Makes sense. And there are lots of them out there. Uh, the, the number of web pages is estimated to be between 30 and 50 billion. Wow. As it's indexed on Google, and the numbers vary all over the place because it changes very dynamically. Uh, web pages are collected into websites. So you have a different website. Apple has a website at apple.com that is information about Apple. Google has a website at google.com, information about Google. So you, you have these collections of web pages. Uh, and the websites that are out there, uh, there uh, is estimated to be 1.1 billion of them, but only about 18% are actually active. 18%, that's low. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there are a whole lot of them out there. Some of them have been around for years that are not being kept any longer and so forth. But this is where the bulk of human knowledge is stored in the Internet. So when you're looking for things, you're looking there. Now, when we talk about searching, using Google Search or some of the new uh, 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 ChatGPT-based searches, uh, BARD, B-A-R-D, at Google and uh, Bing. Bing and mm. on Microsoft. Duck, duck, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go, uh, that, that have some of the artificial intelligence in them. What they are searching 
is all of these different web pages and the different websites that are out there trying to find the information that you are looking for. So when we talk about searching, we're talking about searching those. Search engines are applications that go and look at all the web pages that are out on the internet and look for key word information in them and they build up search indexes based on that. So you have different services out there. Uh, Google uh, has a search engine. That's the one that most people are familiar with. DuckDuckGo is another one that's very popular. And in your uh, iPhone and iPad, if you want to set those, you can go into the settings, look for Safari in the settings. And when you go into Safari, you'll see an entry for search engines and you can pick from the search engines there. there I think there are five different search engines available to you. Uh, and uh, you can pick whichever one you want to use. It doesn't greatly matter as to the search engine. Uh, there's a lot of claims about uh, not being tracked and things like that mm -hmm. on some of them. Uh, I don't know how much uh, a real problem that is. Right. But uh, that's what the, the difference is here. Okay. Well, I just wanted to clear up because I know sometimes we seem to have a little confusion between the two. But, well, let's get back to extensions, and that will be on your... <clears throat> Not your search engine, but your web browser. On your web browser, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, what's what's the uh, what's the advantage of a, of an extension? Hey, well, the the thing in order to understand an extension, let's go take a, a real quick look at what happens when you go to a web page. You request the web page through the web browser. So you would go into the web browser. You put in an address such as. Um, apple.com okay. or support.apple.com if you're looking for support information you put that in the location bar that results in a document being loaded onto the browser from that website okay that document in case anybody's interested it's in HTML hypertext markup language mm -hmm. format uh, which human beings can't read <laughs> you can try, but yeah. it's, uh... <laughs> it, it's long and complicated. If anybody wants to know, have them, uh, you know, come and talk to me and I'll, I'll give you the details. Uh, anyway, the, the thing about this is that there is code that is in the web browser that tells the web browser how to process that particular page. How to display well, it. How to display it and all the characteristics. If there's interactions, what are those interactions? How do they work? So basically the program for that page. Right. The color and everything. Everything. Now the thing about the extensions is that there are a lot of shortcuts and, and uh, time-saving things and ways to remember data so you can have a, uh, a log of your favorite pages. You can have a reading list in Safari that you can create. You can have history of what pages you went through so you can go back and look for them. Those are features built into the web browser, and almost every web browser provides those same kind of features. But then there are other people who look at this and say, well, we could do some things, third-party people, they didn't write the browser, but they can look at it and say, you know, I could give you some additional functionality for your web browser. I could give you a piece of code that remembers your user IDs and your passwords so you never have to type them in again in your web browser. Mm -hmm. And all yeah. you have to do is pay me $5 and download <laughs> my right. piece of code and install it as an extension mm -hmm. in your web browser. So that's what extensions are. And there are all kinds of extensions. There are extensions to uh, help you create uh, email messages. 
to help you generate an export of a web page if you want to get that information. Uh, suppose you were into recipes mm -hmm. and you go look at web pages that talk about recipes and you say, I want to save that recipe. You can get an extension that will uh, kind of pull out of that entire page just the recipe and store the recipe in something like your notes. Okay, so all this sounds, it sounds like it's great, it's convenient, but there's always a but. There's a but in there, a very big one. Very big but. Yes. The, the problem that we're running into is that a lot of people are saying, oh, geez, you know, if I can do all these wonderful things, and oh, look, the programmers that wrote the web browser didn't explicitly stop me from, mm -hmm. and so I can watch everything you're doing on the screen, exactly. and guess what I can do with that? I can sell that to somebody that wants all that information, and I'll get rich really, really fast, uh, and everybody in the world will suddenly know all your secrets and your passwords and your user IDs right. and the name of all your kids and your dogs and uh, you know all kinds of terrible stuff. And it could actually be a valid uh, extension. Uh, the third-party developer might be a valid person, but somebody might hack him and That's get right. that information. That's right. And they, the problem is that the extensions are not coming down through the standard uh, Apple-supported uh, web uh, or app stores and those kind of things. They're coming down through the browsers themselves. So there isn't necessarily any safety checking going on. Now, the other side of this is, too, that you have companies that are taking their web browser itself and doing things with that. And one of the things that you really should think about when you're dealing with all this is it takes lots of human beings with very high skill levels to write the computer code that is involved in putting something like a web browser out there. That is not a trivial piece of computer code. It's a very complex piece of computer code. So the question becomes, how does that get paid for? Google writes Chrome. Chrome is the browser that Google created. Safari is the one that Apple created. Firefox is an open source one that's been around forever. Uh, there are, um, I don't know, about a dozen web browsers. If you are in the Microsoft uh, arena, there are a lot of people that wrote different browsers for Microsoft. Um, so you start to look at this thing and you say, well, how do these people make money to cover the costs? of hosting that browser and also developing it. Now, with Apple, the way that they get their pay is they charge a premium for their hardware. That's what they call the Apple tax. So when you look at a piece of hardware, it, the iPhone, for example, is more expensive from Apple than a comparable iPhone uh, can be bought on the Android side. But then you look at that and you say, how does Apple, or why does Apple do that? Because Apple doesn't charge you anything for the software that makes all of that work. And Apple covers its costs for the software development through that extra hardware. With other browsers like Chrome, Chrome is developed by Google. Where does Google get its money from? You're not paying Google for anything at all. So Google does this, and if you read their uh, terms and conditions, uh, they will tell you that what they do is they collect information about what you're doing and they sell that to advertisers. And if you understand that and accept that, then it's fine. But that means that what you're doing in the browser, even though you may not be using extensions, is potentially being sold to advertisers. And you don't know where it goes from there. 
Uh, Apple doesn't have to do that. Uh, Firefox is another browser that's open source, which means there really isn't anybody being paid to develop this. So who knows what kind of state it's really in. Right. There's an open source community of uh, software developers that work on this thing. Um, but again, they may be taking some of the information they're getting and selling it. We don't know what's going on there. Um, there's a, a group of people that came out with a brand new browser here recently uh, called Brave and uh, Brave is uh, based a lot on how Chrome operates and uh, that's also done open source and one of the big claims they make is that they're not doing anything to compromise any of your information and their source is visible to everybody. Anybody can go out to the library where the source is stored, they can read the source and see what the source is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's uh, what the, the brave people are saying is you can go read our code and see we're not doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you know you kind of got to play with us a little bit. So I, I would rate Safari as being probably the safest browser, the one I would trust the most uh, at this point in time just because of my experiences with Apple. Uh, brave sounds pretty good. I've tried it a couple of times. And why are there multiple browsers and different browsers? Well, the complexity of web pages is such that not all browsers interpret the web pages the same way. And so you might find a website that works fine with Chrome but doesn't work with Safari, or one that works correctly with Safari but doesn't work correctly with Chrome or Firefox. And so it might actually pay you to have a couple of browsers. So I don't know, have I just given you so much information that we're thoroughly confused? <laughs> well, you know, getting back to that, I know that we've talked with, between ourselves that it's just maddening sometimes that that some websites you go to where you're trying to fill out information just doesn't work in Safari. Right. And it's just crazy. But as big as Apple is and that how many users they have that they can't write a, a web a page to be able to be accessed by safari i know when i was going through the faa test to get a drone license uh, there was one of the i don't know if it's faa site or drone zone but it wouldn't it wouldn't um recognize safari it wouldn't it would it wouldn't display correctly right the boxes would be hidden where i'd have to check and so yes. i had to go to chrome it's just a pain to do that yeah it, it is and and there's a, a a valid reason for that but it, it's very complicated and so forth and it depends on certain features of the browser which are required to use the operating system you're running under to make a change or to do something on the screen the browser doesn't do it it calls the operating system to do that and what you run into is the fact that the people that put the browser together if they were doing all their development on a Microsoft system for example they have a great deal of knowledge about how the Microsoft operating system handles those particular calls, but they may not be doing it correctly for the Apple operating system. Right, right. And that's where the differences come in, gotcha. is that kind of a problem uh, going on and why you run into some of this uh, kind of issue. Well, before we get too deep into because we've, we've gotten pretty deep so far yes. for our, our audience, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, we'll just wrap it up with this. <clears throat> What is your recommendation for extensions, the use of extensions for our membership? Uh, I would say, as a general rule, you don't need them for anything you're doing. You're not the kind of a heavy computer user that is the person that would take advantage of those, even if you got a friend that says, oh, that's the greatest thing since yeah. sliced bread. Yeah. Uh, I would say don't install extensions on your browser. If they didn't come from the... Uh, 
the uh, developer when uh, you install the application, if they weren't there, then don't go and put any on there. If you really think that you need one, contact us and, and uh, you know, stop by the help lab or something and we'll talk to you about it and see if you really absolutely need that for something you're doing. Uh, but they, the bigger thing is I would say have a couple of copies of different browsers, Chrome and Safari, or maybe if you want to try Brave, you can try Brave. Brave is in the Apple App Store, can be downloaded from there. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can uh, do that, but have a couple of browsers available just in case, and you, like you said, it works under one but not under the other. Right, right. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for today, Chet, and uh, thank you so much for all the information you gave us on extensions, and I hope that our membership heeds our call. And if you've got any questions, like you say, stop by the help session. We're glad to help you. Again, that's Mondays and Thursdays from 9 to 11 at the uh, culinary room in the 2020 club so yep. with that we're going to get out of here today and thanks for the listen and we'll see you again next week goodbye chet goodbye gary